and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 257, aka Year 6, Week 7, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we do this show as a call-in, uh, I give out numbers. They're 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, do you have the coronavirus, MC? Otherwise, the only thing to talk about is like politics, again, I, per I usual. I have a, a backache. Um, don't know why it started. Just feels like I pulled something on my back. Maybe I slept weird. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And so, a lot of pain. I, I believe it, and I sympathize. We talked a, a little bit about this uh, pre-show. Um, I think it was back in October. I threw my back out, like, severely. Just fucking wrecked it completely. Um, and then earlier this week, I did nothing, right? And I just woke up, and my back was also sore. And so, like, you know, I let M know what's going on. She goes, you're just getting old. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I literally, like, woke up in pain as opposed to like, ah, you know, I was working before may have tweaked it. And she goes, Nope. When you get old, things just start to break. So hopefully that's <laughs> not the, like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Even if it's true, even if it's true, that's stupid. So I can, yeah. I can totally sympathize uh, with you. And I just, I, you know, so this whole week I was in my brace, uh, you know, going to work and whatnot. And I just, today was the first day all week that I was able to work without it. So definitely sympathetic. Uh, <laughs> to to the to the pains of getting old apparently <laughs> again i don't in your case i don't know what you do all day but i did not lift anything heavy i didn't tweak it wrong i didn't lift like the wrong thing i didn't you know didn't utilize improper lifting technique or anything like that just went wow that's that's sore again i'm gonna have to rest it again one thing i always found fascinating especially with low back pain is you know, when you, when you work, uh, if you've ever had to like uh, watch, uh, an employment safety video, they show you like the improper way to lift a box, right? <laughs> have you, have you seen these things? Okay. Okay. So they, they show you like the improper way to lift the box, which is like straight leg, you bend over and you just torque with your whole back to lift the box up and they go, no, bad for your back. You will hurt yourself this way. Right. And then you go to the gym and they go like, the best way to exercise your lower back is to straight leg, bend over, pick up the weights, and just use your back to stand up. So it's the same movement, right, <laughs> in the in the gym to exercise your lower back as it is the work safety video to not injure yourself. So I always, well, I always follow true. that. <laughs> so the difference in the gym is that it's controlled amount, the amount of weight. Uh, a box might be heavier than you would normally work out with so you might maybe you might take a 10 pound weight and then lean over and then and then and then do that with the 10 pound weight but you wouldn't do it with 50 pound weight and you wouldn't do it with a 50 pound box okay i'm pretty sure i was doing it with 50 pound weight because i remember i used to use the curl sure. bar and well, i used when, to have like once, the curl bar you know, if you're at the gym weight. then you you work up to that and then 50 pounds is no big deal right and so then the next question would be, okay, would you do that with a 100-pound box? And he's like, well, no, then I would have to use my legs and do it the right way right, or else that, I know I would hurt my back. <laughs> right. But the way that, you know, so with the, you know, when most workplaces, it's like you must live a maximum of like 50 pounds, which means not all the boxes are going to do that. Right. But if you look at the box and you like bend down and you grab the box, and you go, nope, not going to lift this because it's beyond my performance capability, 
right? Otherwise, if it's a light box, you can lift that thing like, you know, you can rep 10 of those and ex- mm-hmm. actually get some exercise in while you're working. So who knows? Moving on, that's well off topic as far as this show is concerned. Um, the, the, <laughs> again, there's so much not in the news this week that it was difficult to come up with show prep. Um, everyone's just freaking out about the coronavirus thing. And I just saw, I think, Hawaii got their first report, so now you should be panicked as well. Um, but Super Tuesday came and went, and I just want to mention our good friend of the show, uh, Cosmo, because I remember after the New Hampshire primaries, right, he texted me, and was going on about how like Mike Bloomberg was going to be like our next president. It's like he's it's in the bag. The whole world is talking. I'm like I, you know, I'm I'm isolated up here in New Hampshire. He wasn't on the primary here. He wasn't you know on uh, 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 he wasn't on the ballot for the Iowa caucus. He wasn't even uh, on the ballot in South Carolina. So he's like he had all this like no momentum going into Super Tuesday, but it was just going to be like the advertising dollars he spent. Uh, but Cosmo was was adamant. Nope, he's going to win the nomination. He's the front runner. Uh, he's he's going to be your next president. And what I should have done at the time was I should have made a personal bet with Cosmo because <laughs> there's no chance that I believe that uh, in, any, in any form or faction whatsoever, any form or fashion whatsoever. But I did find that, you know, like the presidential betting sites. So I sent the link to Cosmo for a few of those where he could go like, yeah, put your money where your mouth is, you know, type of a thing. Uh, and then, you know, Super Tuesday rolls around and like the, the, the biggest headline Wednesday morning was Bloomberg drops out, right? $500 million flushed down the drain. <laughs> $1 million for every American just gone is what, you know, <laughs> which was even more reason. And so I just had to, I, you know, I, I had to rub it in a little bit when I when I texted Cosmo. I was like, "Where's your boy Bloomberg now?" Kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of been it. Do you? Ha, so were you paying attention Super Tuesday? I mean, is is it getting interesting or less interesting for you as what's playing out uh, in the no, world of Democrats? The only politics? thing I was interested in seeing was Andrew Yang, and he dropped out before Super Tuesday, so I just didn't care after that point. So. Okay. He's starting a nonprofit, though. I think like he's doing. Oh, okay. He's 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 moving on with his his push for uh, UBI. UBI. That's the acronym. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and the other the other thing that came out of Super Tuesday was uh, every libertarian's favorite Democrat, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, got a delegate. So I was like, <laughs> ah, she's got a delegate. She's gonna be in the debates. And then, and then she wasn't in the debates. And then yeah, they, they, they changed, changed, the, they changed, changed the, the rules. rules. <laughs> Welcome to politics, right? Like, <laughs> why, why are libertarians even surprised by this? You know, that like, we got to get Tulsi on the debate stage is all I hear uh, from the libertarians around here. It's like, hey, you, 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 do you remember the Ron Paul fiasco? Like, were you around for that? Like, again, never, never voted, not really a political person, but I pay attention. Sometimes it's entertaining, sometimes not so much. But I remember the the Ron Paul fiasco where they just they kept him out, um, and I think well didn't uh, what did, I, f- I forget what they called it, but like Ron Paul booked the arena next door to the convention mm-hmm. and had his own you know convention like the Ron Paul convention or whatever, just to just to like rub it in, like hey you guys can fill your your whole party can fill up an arena and then the one candidate who nobody wants to to talk to fills up another arena. I don't know if Tulsi uh, Gabbard would have that much support, but a lot of a lot of interesting things going on, um, and I guess the big winner 
coming out of Super Tuesday, if you haven't been paying attention at all. Uh, creepy Joe Biden, right? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow and, though, in the lead now? Yeah. So my, my prediction before was that, well, if if Biden starts pu- pulling ahead, then it's it's basically uh, – the old people that matter because some, somebody was debating me that, that, you know, they were saying, Oh, Bernie, he's got so much support. I said, yeah, of younger people that are, you know, that don't that, matter. Pe- that people that don't been, matter. That might've been me on the last show. I remember. I, oh no, it wasn't, but oh, okay. It, I it did was, make it, that point. Yeah. It was somebody, uh, local. Yeah. Somebody local, uh, maybe another politician, but, um, yeah, I, I really don't see, uh, how Bernie could win now because it's the the establishment is basically saying uh, Joe Biden's the, the chosen one uh, for whatever reason because they like boring people I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, so I, part of the discussion that we had last week, or you know, or that I rem- remember having, was that yes, the Bernie supporters are young, right? which means they're less likely to turn out to vote even though they'll, you know, support online and they've got like the 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 largest minority voice, I guess, because mm-hmm. even that that might be an oxymoron. Uh, and then my contention was that if they steal the nomination from them that those voters wouldn't turn out at all, right? Like they they would sit at home rather than go out and vote for just another democrat. Uh and I think I thought it was you that made the point that uh, the when it comes to the general election, even the, the Bernie Sanders contingent is too radical uh, to to bring out the moderates, right? Like like even oh, yeah. lifelong no, Democrats t- won't won't support the well, that's, absolute that's socialist policies. Yeah, the the lifelong Democrats, the ones that matter in the party, the ones that get to choose who the candidate is. Uh, they're, they're choosing Joe Biden, and that's pretty much the only thing that matters. Well, not only that, but that between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump, they would vote for Donald Trump just to not have the uh, radical socialist in office. Like, he couldn't even Maybe. swing lifelong Democrats in a general against Trump, is one of the, the reasonings that I've heard. Sure. Which is sure. why there's a big push for Biden. Which, um, but I, I, don't, I don't think that many people would uh, switch to voting Trump to keep out Bernie Sanders they would just not vote, I think. But I would agree with the Bernie Bros, but we're talking about the the what, the 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 partisan, the Democrat partisan people, like like I said, the lifelong Democrats, the people that like. There's a there's another contingent I've, called like the Never Trumpers, and I don't think even some of them. Would I think get behind I think Bernie. I think Trump is so polarizing that I don't think he would get a lot of the, the longtime uh, moderate uh, Democrats to, to vote for him. Okay, no matter no matter who it is. I, I just I just don't see it. I think they would just not not come out and vote. So it is going to get interesting. The other funny thing that I saw uh, in the news was, you know, now now that the Democrats have like shaken off uh, all the weak all the weak candidates, right? Uh, like you said, Yang out, Booty Gig out, Warren out, right? It's pretty much Biden and Sanders. Oh, Bloomberg out. Sorry, Cosmo and Tulsi, uh, but. Tulsi's still in. She has, unless she dropped out earlier today, they're just bitching about her not being on the debate stage, right? She, I don't think she, as, as of this recording, nothing I've read said that she has, uh, uh, suspended her, her candidacy at no, all. She hasn't. Right. So she's still in there. 
technically. Yeah. Um, good for her, but um, yeah. I, I, I actually, you, you said it's going to get interesting. I think it's going to get more boring. Like I'm, I'm less. In, like, I think the the most boring candidate they can they can put up there is is Joe Biden. Well, what I was what I was going to say is the interesting part now is what I've seen is like Trump at age seventy three is now the youngest person running for president that has a chance, right? Like yeah. Bi- Biden. <laughs> But but it, but at least he still has uh, a young personality. I mean, okay, like his his mental cognition. Yeah, he still he still acts like a juvenile. <laughs> which which would be the only entertaining thing left, right? Because that's, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. That's that's the only. I mean, but as far as who the Democrats pick, the, the only reason why I want Bernie to win now is because then it would be interesting. At least it would give some okay. people to. There's some things to think about, you know, and, uh, and, you know, maybe they would vote in socialism and, it would, you know, destroy the U.S., but at least it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I told Cosmo is like, if, if it is Biden, right, the, the debates are going to be terrible because Biden's going to like wander off stage and Trump's just going to continue to like badmouth and rally his base. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a slaughter. It's going to be so bad uh, unless it's Bernie. Like I'm I'm fearful of the popularity that uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign has rallied uh, if they, if they were to be successful. Cause I just, you know, I can't imagine, you know, like those policies being implemented and the fallout uh, in as little as four years. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not uh, a fear monger or like run for the Hills or a prep or anything like that, but dear God, you know, what will happen in the, in the four years of his presidency, uh, or two years, right? Because maybe people will get sick of it uh, enough in two years, and uh, you know the the Senate, the House, uh, Senate and House elections will will swing Republican, uh, and then they just won't introduce any legislation for for Bernie Sanders socialist programs uh, to carry through. So who knows? Who knows? Um, but like you said, a lot more boring now with with Biden and Bernie up there, and like the only interesting thing that I found was Trump's now the youngest. Right, the, the progressive young party of you know no more old rich white guys and we need diversity and all this right is they're gonna go with Biden or Bernie and either of those are just terrible in all respects as far as like what they've been rallying against even though they you know Bernie's is like the the outsider renegade you know resistance candidate or whatever they want they whatever they want to foist on him. He's still an old, rich, white guy, right? An old, rich, white guy that wants to socialism for everyone else, but he's at the top of the totem pole, which means he won't, he'll never experience the true effects of his socialist policies at all. And all of his supporters will, which is going to be terrible, terrible, terrible for them. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I got. Did you have anything else? Because this is going to be a headline heavy show, I think. Um. Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do it. Headlines. A 10-year-old boy handcuffed, arrested, charged with felony for playing with a Nerf bow and arrow. Uh, headline, declaring healthcare, quote-unquote, universal, doesn't make it so. Uh, headline, heritage, quote-unquote, designation of old buildings is both waste, wasteful and arbitrary. Uh, headline, the non-consent of the governed. Uh, headline, California's government has turned homelessness into big business. Uh, 
A headline, a Mississippi woman gave diet advice without a license. The state threatened to throw her in jail. And finally, headline, eBay banned sale of face masks, hand sanitizers amid coronavirus price gouging. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Um, uh, anywhere's fine. I like price gouging, but... Me too. So let's start there because, again, the only thing in the news is the uh, the panic of COVID-19, the coronavirus, um, and what you can do to, to prevent. So uh, before we get in, we have our, our, our monthly uh, new mover, Potluck, uh, first Tuesday of the month here in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, as part of the Free State Project, um, of which I moved. And like the, <laughs> there was one person who regularly attends. I'm not, I'm not going to call this person out uh, by name on air, but they showed up wearing like the full uh, you know, uh, hospital face mask, right. And goggles, they had like plastic safety goggles on to prevent, you know, catching this thing. Right. So they walk in, in, you know, full gear and then immediately take that stuff off in order to eat a potluck, not knowing who else has touched that potluck food. Right. Yeah. I I always think about it when, whenever I, uh, have, have a, you know, a meal where you where you put it on your plate yourself. Um, you know, you touch you touch the spoon that everybody else has touched, and then you touch right. the other spoon that. It's, <laughs> I don't know why I can't. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know how it would work. Just just have one spoon and scoop. Well, that won't work either. So mm. for buffet places, what they what they typically say is the the buffet places have to hire servers, right? One employee scoops the food for everybody. You just you line up. Not everyone touches it. One person touches it. And just slaps it on your plate, kind of like a, the the old elementary school cafeteria. Yeah. But I just found it funny you, to come to a potluck in full gear, immediately remove all the gear in order to enjoy the potluck, and then to top it off, uh, this person before leaving, right, puts the gear back on, right, the gear that has been like sitting out in the open, resting on the table. Uh, amongst, you know, crowd of 20, 30, 40, I don't know how many people were, you know, showed up to the potluck, uh, breathing and, you know, spreading germs all over the place. And then they put the stuff back on, right? As, mm. as if it as if it was somehow sanitized itself while sitting on the table. <laughs> Just bizarre. All right. That is up. <clears throat> Excuse me. eBay banned sale of face masks, hand sanitizers amid coronavirus price gouging. As the COVID-19 outbreak continues to spread in the U.S. and other countries, demand for products like face masks and hand sanitizer has led to a spike in prices. Interlude or interjection? Imagine that. Uh, Back to the article. To combat price gouging, online retailer eBay is banning some listings related to the coronavirus. In a notice to eBay sellers posted Thursday and spotted earlier by CNBC, eBay said it would block new listings and remove existing listings in the U.S. for disinfecting wipes, hand sanitizer, and face masks, including N95, N100 masks, and surgical masks. The listings are being removed due to concerns that inflated prices for these products may violate U.S. laws or regulations. eBay also said it will remove any listings except for books that mention COVID-19 coronavirus, or the 2019 NCOV in the title or description. 
It's unclear how long the ban will last. A spokeswoman for eBay said that the company is monitoring the coronavirus situation. As always, our first priority is to ensure the safety of our employees and customers around the world, said an eBay spokeswoman in an emailed statement Friday. eBay is taking significant measures to block or quickly remove items on our marketplace that make false health claims. That's a different take. Uh, as of Tuesday, there have been 164 confirmed cases of COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus in the U.S. and 11 deaths there, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Global cases have topped 100,000 with more than 3,000 deaths since the outbreak began in the Chinese province of Hubei in December of 2019. Has it been going on that long? Yeah. Like we're three months into this nonsense already? Jesus. Fears over the coronavirus have led to stores selling out of items like hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, and face masks, and online prices have skyrocketed. Two large bottles of Purell hand sanitizer, which normally cost about $9 a bottle, were selling on Amazon for $299, according to CBS News. Amazon has also taken steps to prevent price gouging, warning sellers that they could be booted from the site for charging too much for face masks and other items. <laughs> Amazon says it's already removed more than 1 million listings for items claiming to cure or defend against the coronavirus. Uh, end of the article. So... Obviously, I have some thoughts on this, MC, but you, you said you always like price gouging, so tell us why this is stupid. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't. You um, really don't. I don't care. <laughs> well, what I think would be funny is if all the people that are buying up the cheap stuff uh, got st stuck with it. Well, they're going to now. Like If, they, if they're not able to sell it well, on the two biggest online retailers. True. Um, so, uh, how should I say this? Like, okay, I, I, I feel like I, I gotta play devil's advocate a little bit. Oh, okay. This is going to be new. Because I, I can, I can see from the point of if there's like a hurricane or something that it doesn't matter what, what price uh, it is in that, in that, uh, local location, um, because, you know, the, the higher price people are allowed to, uh, negotiate for, uh, the more likelihood that they'll bring more goods in, right? So it, it could be seen as a good thing. Okay. To, to Not have. in the short term though. I mean, Hawaii cracks down on price gouging and, and limits what, how much of stock people can buy, uh, especially during hurricane season. Right, like when when there's a hurricane threat on the way, uh, because they're not allowed to raise prices, retailers will limit uh, the amount you can purchase at the given price. Yeah, and and I kind of understand that. So, um, but yeah, prices should be allowed to go up. But um, but what I'm saying is, uh, there there are limited amounts of things, and g given you know, how fast things can move that right. somebody could, you know, buy everything at Costco. Right. And they, they just don't have the, the ability to ship in more stuff. Right. That right. Fa fast enough for everybody to get stuff. One of the news reports did have Costco selling out of toilet paper, um, for a few months. 
right? Like some Costco is on, you know, they, they, it was a, it was made, made newsworthy because they, they, uh, their signage had a typo, but it's basically like, we're not going to have any more toilet paper until May of 2020. But the sign said like 2320. So like, Oh, 5,000 years, you know, or 50,000 years mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, until we get some more, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. I don't know why they can't find, I mean, there's other stores that have toilet paper, so they should be able to buy some from the other store and then sell it at a slightly higher price. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would, that's, that's what I would do. But so there's people that think they, they can't raise prices. So then they can't uh, participate in the market anymore. They're just like, Oh, we're sold out and just, we won't have any more. And I think it's a bad attitude to have. Okay. But I'm, um, I'm still, I'm also still trying to figure out where you're playing devil's advocate. Here. Well, because, um, well, to- toilet paper was made to be used, right? Um, so <laughs> it could be one guy's, uh, you know, intention to get to get rich off the toilet paper, but there's no guarantee that he's going to get rich either. He might just, yeah buy it and then nobody's able to buy it from him because the prices are too high or whatever. So he screws it all up. And basically all he does is, is creates an issue where there, there's not enough toilet paper for everybody. And, and he goes bankrupt in the process. Okay. Um, so, but in that case, at some point he would, uh, in, in a market economy, right. He would, uh, be compelled to lower his price in order to not go bankrupt. Right. Like he's not going to be able to yeah. sell it for what he wanted. Uh, but he's definitely there's a price point at which he will be un- be able to unload his stock to willing buyers. Yeah, but but that might take months to happen, and and in the meantime, people don't have toilet paper. So, um, yeah, I think I think long term, definitely markets uh, figure things out, and um, but in in the short term, uh, I don't know. I I I think it's perfectly okay for. Uh, well, for for businesses to do it on their own, to make sure everybody has, uh, you know, some of their supply, you know, limit okay. limit the amount of some somebody can buy from them, you know. Sure. Um, but I I don't like it when the government does it. So, and it's and especially with the price thing, like the, the store should be able to raise their prices so that uh, they can make it more worth their while to get an emergency shipment in. Like if, okay. if they like, especially in, in Hawaii. So if, if they raise the price of toilet paper to double, right. Then they could afford to, to put it, put uh, another shipment of toilet paper on a plane instead of uh, the normal ship. And so we could get the products here faster. Okay. Um, if, if that's the goal, but um, so, but that's not the same thing as price gouging though. So price gouging would be, uh, someone intentionally, it, it'd be price gouging plus plus some, <laughs> <laughs> an ex, extra evil price gouger. You know, li- eliminating the supply for everybody else, uh, so that he can be the you know the only supplier uh, at at elevated prices. Um, okay, that so. would that takes a lot more than just raising your price because demand goes up, though. Right. Right. Right, that that's that's more of a long term plan, and some would accuse, uh, you know, Amazon or Walmart of that, and that's not necessarily price gouging, but it's uh, selling it's below most, cost most market, in order to push out 
market competitors and then raise the price when no one else can get back into the market. Is well, not, that necessar- not, 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 not necessarily selling it at low cost to, to drive the, the market up, but buying all the other – in Hawaii, it would be easy to do. Not easy, but okay. feasible. You can buy all the toilet paper, right, on, on the island that's at all the stores. Um, and then – and then and then sell it at you know double or triple or quadruple the price or whatever, right? Sure. Uh, and it would take them you know a couple of weeks or a month or however long it takes to get a ship uh, from California here. And then are you saying that that would be the goal of that person just to continue that business model of like? Well, not not even continue it. Just do it short term and and then walk away with the profit and that's it. Okay. So I mean I I th- I think it, while it's uh, not likely. Somebody can do that. Well, I mean, somebody somebody is doing that. Somebody that's what we're kind of talking about. There's people on on Amazon, right, buying uh, a whole bunch of stuff and then selling it. Uh, Purell, I guess. Yeah, P- uh, Purell but, and Germex were the two that I heard were out of right. stock in places. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's so, let's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. <laughs> it's it's like so. The thing is, it's actually really smart to do that. To to buy it all up, in 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 an emergency to buy to buy all the Purell, yeah, and then sell it at higher prices. It's it's actually really smart. I I tend to agree with you. So are you when you say like businesses should restrict it, are are you are you falling? This is where I'm still trying to figure out where the the uh, devil's advocate comes in. Are you falling on the side of eBay where, as a private business, as a private platform, they should be able to restrict uh, the prices that they're I don't think e- I don't think eBay should at all. Um, I think maybe uh, the seller, Amazon or PRL or whoever, um, okay, should, should you know could if they felt like it uh, get involved in deciding who gets their product. Okay, but but these people have already acquired the product, right? These, as far as this article is concerned, right, right, right. They they've gone to Amazon. They've gone to the local store. They went. I'm buying everything. I'm buying all the so, masks you have. So it, th- there's there's a problem when the the people that are trying to make the profit are uh, the the ones making um, the supply limited. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Interesting. So you're you're saying that in in the, I'm still trying to wrap my head around your position here. So in, so in, a- a- Amazon's got got all the the supply and they think they've got the price correct but then an emergency happens and they don't raise their price fast enough so somebody comes in and buys them all because he knows there will be increased demand so i think it's part partly a fault of amazon for not being able to adjust the price fast enough uh to justify uh you know how how valuable the product is in, in an emergency Okay, so is if, it Amazon's fault though? Because one of the for the reason that eBay gave, right? Amazon may not be able to raise the price to an acceptable level for fear of running into these price gouging uh, laws. Oh, sure, would, I know. That's the this one part of the root of the problem is is the price price gouging laws, right? But it's also a, a culture and or an idea that uh, Purell should cost two dollars or whatever it is, and and, and okay. You know that's the price people expect, so we can't raise it because then people will get pissed off. Okay. Um, so um, I don't. I I don't think it should be that way. I think 
you know, prices should always change. And in like in this case, prices did change. It, it, yeah. they, they ran out. And so the price, the, the price could be infinite because you might just not be able to get it, you know? <laughs> so l- let me, um, let me pose another scenario, uh, similar to this, but not quite the emergency situation, um, that I run into in other aspects of my life. Um, so again, out, outside of, you know, outside of doing this podcast, uh, I like video games, right? That's kind of like my thing. Um, and I recently put in a pre-order for a Nintendo console, like, uh, plays nin- the regular eight bit Nintendo games, right. From a company, uh, that has done production runs for this system in the past and then sold out and they're doing like one, they called it like one final run. All right. Consumers have demanded this product be uh, put into production again. We're going to do it. We're limiting how many pre-orders get are available and go, right? And they, they put the pre-order price at 500 bucks, like 499, right? And you go, holy shit, that seems expensive for a Nintendo console. And I would generally agree with you. But the two, uh, like no one thinks that that's the right price. This is the bizarre thing, right? That what Everyone who bought it, you know, who include myself, who put in the pre-order, we're like, oh yeah, five hundred bucks. There goes five hundred bucks, just gone. Uh, but there's the one camp, right, who goes like, that's ridiculously outrageous for a Nintendo console. Why? Why don't you just make? You know, it's it's a nice case. Why don't you just make a cheap chintzy plastic case and make it affordable so we all can purchase one, right? And then the other camp goes. Wow, see, this is what happens when you price it like this and you limit the quantity that's being available. The scalpers are going to pre-order it and the prices are going to skyrocket on eBay. Uh, and they're right, right? Like, you know, if, if you look on eBay for the older models from the first production run, they're like two, three, sometimes four times the price being sold for four times the price of this four ninety nine price, right? So when you go like, it's you can get it for four ninety nine knowing that if you don't purchase it now with the limited limited quantities, right, you're going to be paying three, four times more later, right? And everyone understands this kind of going in. So the, so the way I want to tie this in here is they always, they call it like, you know, the scalpers and the gougers, right? Please don't, please company, don't sell to these scalpers who are just going to, you know, double the price on eBay or triple the price on eBay and, you know, just, just to make a buck, these greedy sons of bitches. Right. And the other tie in real quick is I've always found this peculiar when it comes to like sporting events or concerts, right? Like the aftermarket price for the scalpers is so much higher, uh, than the face value ticket price that in my mind, I go, well, the price was just set too low to begin with. Right. Right. And so, so that's, a problem that that I, I don't know how to solve because uh, let's say uh, game consoles. I think that when they release a new game console, they should start selling them at four thousand dollars for the people who really want it first and really want it that month. And the people with the most money, of course, the rich people that everybody hates. Uh, well, I don't, but uh, they would get them first uh, because they have uh, money to donate to the people that are making these game consoles. And well, then, not donate. They're buying the product. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's, but it's you, a luxury item at that point. 
but people know the price is going to come down, right? So then next month when you know sales slow down, then you sell them for two thousand. Next month after that for one thousand. Next month after that five hundred. And that way, uh, there's no way that somebody uh, could buy it at four thousand and then sell it for eight thousand because no one's gonna you know not very many people would pay that much. Or actually, no, they they wouldn't need to. They would just go. There would be plenty available at four thousand dollars from the right. original uh, seller. So, but if there's limited supply, right? If they're selling them at four thousand, but they only make a hundred, right. right? And so, and until the next month's production run happens, you might get people going like, "I'm going to try and sell mine for eight thousand for that right, for right. the hundred and first so, person." So what I'm saying is, can't get it. they they have enough information where they should know how much demand there is at whatever price. Um. The emergency situation is, is is a lot different than that because they're not ex- expecting uh, the, the the emergency to happen. It's, right. it's unexpected. But you know, in in a in a place where you can uh, adjust the supply and in, in the in the price, then you know, in, in in my scenario right here with the gaming system, they they could know. Okay, well, the demand is this much at four thousand. We're not going to uh, lower the price until the demand starts to slow down. Okay. Or or the supply, or if we have more than enough supply to justify lowering the price. So I mean, when it comes to games, I'm kind of on board with you, right? Like, I don't buy brand new games on launch day very often, uh, mostly because I know that the price is going to go down within a few months. By the time I get around to playing that game, right, I can save you know twenty, thirty, forty bucks maybe uh, on the on the purchase price of the game itself. Yeah. Especially right, but, if you buy them on eBay or other services like that. Right. But for the people, for like the, the multiplayer, you know, online games, it's important to get it at launch day, right? It's important to pay 60, 70, yeah. 80 bucks or whatever, because that's when the they hardcore players are going to get online and play the game. But they don't have a supply issue with, with the online games. Yeah. It's just a code usually. Yeah. But I'm saying people are willing to pay the higher price early on. I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat supporting your position of the, of the higher price consoles because it, it has nothing to do with supply, but it's, it's demand. Well, right? You want so, if, some of it. You want to be in there early. Some of it is is supply though. So uh, it, they 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 might not have you know 10 million systems at launch day. Maybe they do. Maybe they you know plan it right or whatever. Um. But what I'm saying is they could start selling them early, you know, before they're done producing all of them um, and, and sell them at a high, higher price to, uh, to make the most profit. And that's what it's all about, right? The, the, the company's making the stuff. Sure. Uh, they should make it as good as, you know, the quality should be high, capability should be really high, and, and, uh, and the, the people that, that want it the most – uh, you know, could pay the most for it, and so right. uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say is is that there's there's a way to make sure that there is always a supply, and that the way of doing it, at least in the game consoles, is by raising the price. Well, isn't okay. So let's let's transition now that we've got that out. Let's transition back to the emergency situation with coronavirus or any emergency with emergency supplies. The so, way so maybe, to control supply is also by raising the price. Okay, well, well, how about this then? If if somebody wants to do a, a bulk buy in the middle of an emergency, charge them t- ten times as much for each roll of toilet, toilet paper. 
oh yeah, again, I'm totally okay with that, right? Because yeah. I'm not taking the devil's advocate position. I'm saying well, that I'm, so, I'm trying, especially I'm just trying to eBay. find a, a solution okay. though, because there, there is a desire for the the you know Amazon or Walmart or whatever to uh, keep their customers happy, right? They want to be able to s- supply everybody everything they want. Um, I think the one of the problems is they're just not fast enough to uh, uh, react to the demands of uh, profit seekers coming in and taking all the supply out of circulation uh, at their store. Right? And, and see, that's the bizarre thing for me because everyone – Everyone calls, you know, the the price gougers or the scalpers, you know, profit seekers or greedy, right? But if if they could, this is the, this is, it's kind of a conundrum for me when I think about it, right? If Amazon were allowed to raise their price to, to, you know, offset that uh, spike in demand during an emergency, right? Amazon would be the ones making the profits, not the scalper. True. Right? And- Amazon, like, you know, one solution, like you said, would be, uh, you know, a, like a graduated price scale, right? Rather than rather than getting a discount for bulk purchase, right? You pay a premium for a bulk purchase, mm-hmm. right? So the first roll of toilet paper is regular price. The second roll, you know, is twice as much. Uh, the yeah. third roll grows exponentially from there to prevent people, uh, you know, from, from attempting to scalp afterwards. Sure. But either way, right, whatever whatever gets bought and sold... The, the company selling it in this case Amazon mm-hmm. is 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 receives the profits. Yeah. So what's what's bizarre to me is you know like but we want to so restrict. Go ahead. What's what's not bizarre though is it's better when Amazon or the manufacturer of the toilet paper gets the profit because that will incentivize them to keep more toilet paper on 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 hand. Uh, you know because market competition. Okay. I, I hear you, and I, I still say that supports the position of letting of not uh, of not restricting price gouging, right? Yeah, and just I, know, I don't I don't agree with restricting price gouging. What the, what I'm talking about is preventing somebody from from uh, basically taking you know buying up all the supply uh, before the market has a ch- chance to adjust, uh, or even you know in the case of modern modern society, they're not even allowed to adjust the pricing, right? Um, so, so that there's a couple of things that are that are wrong. <laughs> but don't doesn't the doesn't the scalper or the price gouger uh, are they not do the profits because they're taking on the risk, right? Like in in this case, in the in the case of the article, the price gougers are going to be stuck with a lot of product that they're going to be able to make like no profit on. Or limited profits selling it locally, right? Because it it's being removed from eBay, right? They're they're you know I buy it locally for a dollar ninety nine and I sell it on eBay for three hundred bucks, uh, out the window, right? Like they're not going to be able to do that. So so they got to find like a local buyer, and I don't know if that's going to be possible for them to find that many local buyers willing to pay three hundred bucks uh, for a bottle of Purell, right? So but so they've absorbed the risk, right? They've put out just like any business owner. They've yeah, outlaid I, the initial capital investment in the product, uh, in the hopes, but no guarantee, of getting a return in the secondary market. Yeah, and that's so. What I was trying to say was that it's a really smart business thing to to do that, especially 
uh, if you know if you can prove being successful at it. Yeah, I um, mean, there were people for the video game console. There were people going like, I bought like three or four of these. They laid out two grand for this, you know, new Nintendo thing, uh, expecting right. to flip that on eBay once once the supply reaches zero. But so in that in that in the case of the video console, I think the problem is the price was set too low, and maybe the the console maker should have started out at a higher price, uh, and then to to make the most profit for himself, right? Yeah. Oh, and I that, I definitely and that would agree also that. incentivize him to make better products and uh, do it again next time. If he makes a whole bunch of profit, he might want to try again. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. the backlash from the fans going like, "This is still too much," right? It's what the price was before. Like they didn't they didn't jack up the price over the last production run. This was sure. what the first two production runs were. It was like five hundred yeah. bucks, five hundred bucks. You know, oh my God, they're they're being sold for two grand on eBay. Well, guess what? We're going to do another production run, five hundred bucks, and still yet people are going like too expensive. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> right? If you know it's eight, you know if you know it's a thousand fifteen hundred on eBay. But see, it's that's a a supply issue more than a price issue, right? Oh yeah. And, but but it's a supply issue on their part, right? It's it's an it's them artificially limiting uh, the production run, mm-hmm. and it, I don't I don't want to get too much into detail because I just I was just using this as an example to further the the overall discussion. But in this case, they said you know it's it's prohibitively time consuming to continue to to mass produce this because the time that's required by upper people in the company to oversee the operations of producing this particular model is too great and it takes away too much time from them moving forward with other models and other products in their in their product line. Sure. Right, so they go, we don't have, if you want us to make other things, we have to stop making this thing, right? So we're going to do one more run of this thing because you guys demanded it, but then after that, we're done. We're, we're moving on, right? So it's definitely, if it's definitely a limited supply coming out of a, you know, a smaller company, right? This is not a big, this is not Microsoft or Sony or you know, even though I'm using the word Nintendo, it's not a it's not a Nintendo branded, uh, you know, officially licensed Nintendo console. It's different. Um, so you know, so this particular smaller company, like they they, they don't have the manpower, or the or the, uh, you know, or the, the the production capacity to just continually to pump out uh, more and more of this particular model or any of the models. Right? They go like limited run, just like limited run games. If you're familiar well, with that it, brand. It depends how much profit they want and how much they're looking at actually uh, uh, getting the most out of the the run as they can. So, so if it was me, uh, what I might do, I'm not saying I would because it's kind of dishonest, is make uh, a production run, say, and claim I only made a hundred of them, but actually have five hundred of them. Uh, sell a few of them at five hundred dollars, and then when when the first hundred runs out. Uh, start selling them on the side on eBay uh, at, <laughs> at, at continuously higher prices until I find out what the max price people were willing to pay. And then, like I said, when 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 people stop buying them at that price, then you start lowering the price until they start buying them again. And if the All right. ramps up again, then you raise the price. So it's what you do when you have a limited supply or you, you, you're trying to get rid of things. I mean, it happens in every market. Right. And again, I just just throwing that out as an example for this one. But in in to, again to to just swing this back over to to eBay, right? Should eBay be the arbiter of what's allowed to be sold uh, on the platform, right? Like as far as the price gouging laws are concerned, 
if people are bidding on a bottle of Purell and they're bidding it up to or willing to purchase it for two ninety nine, right, as opposed to nine bucks in the store, why is eBay interfering with that when they could no, th- also just take their fee? I, I think it's ridiculous for, for eBay to get involved in that. Um, the government, I think it's wrong for them to do it. Okay. Uh, so then, then shouldn't shouldn't these wholesalers then, I'll just, you know, or scalpers or whatever you want to call them, who've invested, right, in a significant amount of product uh, in the hopes that people are willing to pay outrageous prices for it, should should they not be, uh, should they not benefit from their financial investment, from the risk that they're taking, no, and I, I get think, as much of the profit as they can as well? I mean, I think, I think they should, but I don't think it's necessarily a... Uh, like a like a, a moral or a right thing to do. So, okay, you know it's it's an emergency. Like if 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 you think if you're thinking about other people, uh, p- p- perhaps needing this product to save their lives, uh, then you don't want it, uh, you know, stashed in your in your garage. You want the most people to to have it and use it as possible. Um, so it kind of. Uh, so bad capitalism. As opposed to ethical capitalism, I think I think it can be seen as a dick move. Okay, I don't think it should be illegal, um, but but certainly uh, maybe not trying. Maybe it's not trying to help somebody else. And maybe it does help somebody. Maybe somebody really does appreciate getting that Purell at three hundred dollars. I don't know. <laughs> if they're willing to pay for it, it definitely helps them out. Right? It's a mutually beneficial exchange. Yeah. In all sense of, so I'm, I'm going to transition. I'm going to take one more stab at transitioning this uh, to something similar, but not quite the same, uh, just to to flesh out the concept even more. Because you said Dick moved to raise the price. Um, how then? What is your personal opinion on uh, pharmaceutical companies charging outrageous prices for life saving medicine? And is it different because they are the producer of such goods? As opposed to like a secondary seller. Um, oh shoot! For the most part, I don't really care. the The, the problem that I have for for uh, uh, pharmaceuticals is that if you you know some of them are much cheaper outside the country. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a a government interference with with the market, and so that that's what I I disagree with. You know, if you I think one of them was. Um, uh, insulin, right? You can get it much cheaper in Mexico. Sure. For the, for the same thing. So the only reason it's high is because there's some government interference in the market. Well, the government interference in the market is here they're allowed to sell it for that much more. Well, it's and not the, they restrict the, they restrict the imports coming in from Mexico. Yeah, or they give the basically the companies a monopoly on on products that are be allowed to be sold so and, and and who they're allowed to be sold through it's just the, the whole thing is manipulated okay so but but those companies are always going to be seeking the maximum profit that they can in a geographic that, area that's even fine, those life-saving drugs is it a they, dick move is it but still those companies move? also also use the government to enforce their monopoly on the market so okay. yeah it's a totally dick move <laughs> If okay. they're not using the government, I don't really care. They, I mean, it could be seen as a dick move. Could be, you know, the the more profit they make, the more, uh, you know, new uh, 
medicines they can make. It could be recouping a whole bunch of research and development costs that they put into a medicine. Right. That's um, the general idea. That's why I wanted to separate that from the reseller of toilet paper, right, who's not going to be putting that money into more production of toilet paper. Yeah, and that's that's kind of my my thing when I when I say, you know, profit seeking is their their only motive and not uh not to supply the network or not to supply the market with more stuff, but to restrict it. Uh that that can be seen as a, a dick move. Okay. So do we do so all right, fair enough. I, I, I understand your point more so than I did at the beginning when you were just taking the devil. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> because I because I, I really do think that, that rising prices could stop the people trying to profit seek because then the profit would be going, like you said, to the to Amazon or the, the manufacturer yeah. um, who, who should always have some extra available at higher prices uh, so that yeah. they – you know, so that they don't run out, you know, <laughs> right. but the end consumer still ends up paying the higher price. Yeah. Of whether course. it goes, whether the, whether the, the profit goes to, to Amazon or, you know, a, a rent sinking entrepreneurial. And, uh, and less, and less, dick. and less. The, 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 the consumer was smart and, and they were preppers and they prepared for this kind of shit. That they know is going to happen eventually. <laughs> well, and then it, be- then it becomes a tradable commodity. Right? right then, then you know, then the preppers are the ones going like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take an ounce of silver for you know a, a, a leaf of toilet paper. Go ahead, have at it, because now I'll be able to trade that for something else. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I think we got time for one more. You got time for one more? Sure. All right, uh, which one do I want to do here? Let's do this one then, because this is also outrageous. Uh, you know, and, and I pulled this one up again. A Mississippi woman gave diet advice without a license. The state threatened to throw her in jail. Uh, so I have I have a lot of like, you know, you're one of the, my go-to people for uh, diet advice, you know, uh, along with a handful of other people on Facebook. But, and because I, I've heard your research uh, or I've heard you talk about the research that you've done in certain areas, MC. So I respect your opinion, which is why, you know, I ask questions of you occasionally. Uh, but this woman, right, Gave out diet advice, and they're threatened to throw her in jail. So, ridiculous. Uh, mm. Mississippi. Department of Health officials threatened to turn Donna Harris's eight-week weight loss challenge into six months behind bars, but now the state stands accused of putting the First Amendment on a diet. Harris, a personal trainer and fitness S expert, has run a Facebook page since 2018 dedicated to encourage... In, in, excuse me, dedicated to encouraging healthy eating habits. Earlier this year, she launched a small side business offering one-on-one diet coaching and weight loss tips to anyone willing to pay $99 to participate in an eight-week contest where participants could compete to shed the most pounds. But before it could even start, however, the state government shut it down. On January 22nd, uh, Harris received a cease and desist letter from the Mississippi Department of Health. Talking about healthy eating on Facebook and getting paid to do it, the department said, could trigger a $1,000 fine and up to six months in jail. In the eyes of the state, Harris was an unlicensed dietitian, and apparently enough of a threat to public safety that she might need to be put behind bars. When I learned I would have to cancel my weight loss class, I was devastated, said Harris in a statement. People were counting on me, and they were so excited about learning how to lose weight in a healthy way 
and they were so disappointed when I told them I was not going to be able to go through with the program. Harris wasn't pretending to be a licensed dietitian. In fact, her Facebook page and website both specify that she isn't one. Anyone willing to pay her for advice on eating healthier was engaged in a voluntary transaction, uh, one that has little to do with the state's government's interest. In a lawsuit filed this week on Harris's behalf, the Mississippi Justice Institute, a nonprofit law firm, argues that Mississippi's overzealous enforcement of its dietitian licensing law violated Harris's First Amendment rights. Uh, Anne Rice, the group's director, is particularly galled by what happened when Harris asked the state what information she could legally provide without license. She was told to stick to government-approved guidelines like the food pyramid, Rice said. So you can engage in government-approved speech, but not non-government-approved speech? Getting a permission slip to speak freely about healthy diets is not easy task in Mississippi. It requires a bachelor's degree and more than 1,200 hours of supervised practice. Starting in 2024, the license will require a graduate degree. Harris actually has one of those, a master's degree in occupational therapy, to go along with her bachelor's degree in nutrition and food science, but not the one the state will soon require. Mississippi is not the only state to require that dietitians be licensed, and this is not the first time a state has gone to extreme lengths to enforce its mandatory permission slip regime. In 2017, Florida Department of Health officials ran a sting operation to catch Heather Kosich, Del Castillo, giving out unlicensed diet advice online. She, too, was threatened with jail time. A judge rejected a subsequent challenge to the state's dietitian licensing law brought on Del Castillo's behalf by the Institute for Justice, a libertarian law firm. Laws that restrict who can give dietary advice clearly implicate the First Amendment, said Paul Sherman, a senior attorney with the Institute for Justice. If the government wants those laws on the books, it bears the burden of justifying them. States get away with regulating all sorts of economic activity via occupational licensing laws in part because of the so-called professional speech doctrine, a legal practice in which courts have held that the governments may limit or compel speech under the guise of regulating business activity. But the U.S. Supreme Court knocked down the professional speech doctrine in 2018 ruling that overturned a California law requiring pregnancy centers to tell women where they could get an abortion. Sherman said that the 2018 ruling the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Becerra was a game changer that has caused lower courts to begin to grapple with how occupational licensing laws may run afoul of the First Amendment too. He predicts there will be no more litigation in that space. Rice notes that Mississippi has a reputation for being one of the most obese states in the nation, as well as one of America's highest incarceration rates, two things that won't be improved by treating unlicensed dietitian like serious criminals. Telling healthy adults what they should eat or buy at the grocery store is a freedom we all have as Americans, he said, whether we paid for that speech or not. Uh, end of the article. Uh, your thoughts, MC? Should we start a uh, unlicensed uh, diet and nutrition firm? Def- definitely. Um, I think... Ah, man. Can we do that? Let's just, let's just start giving out diet advice on Facebook and see if they'll come after us, too. I mean, I, I do anyway, but... <laughs> right. But if you started think, charging for it... Yeah, yeah. Right, just start charging people like five bucks to get your health information just to see if that's enough to, to trigger an investigation. No? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great <laughs> idea. We, sh- we should. Um, 
I was I was just thinking of somebody else who's who's doing that. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay. So yeah, I don't want I don't want uh, to influence that. Of course, I don't want that to stop. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, wow. I like I don't I don't I don't mind having things like degrees and uh, you know proof that you know something. Yeah, it's part of your business, but uh, when the government gets involved and says, "Oh, you must have it," it's like, uh, why? You know, why I'm a big I? fan of like private certifications, right? Sure. You know, if if you uh, you were in the IT field for some years, right? So you had all sorts of you know certifications required of you, right? Mm-hmm. To 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 maintain your employment, mm-hmm. uh, but none of those were licenses or permission slips, right? They were like they were just. They they prove that you knew what you were talking about that what you claimed to know, uh, you you actually put into practice and implemented, uh, and then good on the companies right for going like yeah if you're going to work here you're going to need this certification, whether or not it applied to the job or not right it was required by the company so be it, mm-hmm. All right? I think that's where it should stay right if the, if the company if the company wants you to do it by all means do it and in this case if your customers are okay with you not being a licensed dietitian right because They've done because they believe what you have to say, or you have shown results, right? If if she's fit and healthy, and her claim is that I'm fit and healthy because I'm doing this particular diet, and you can be fit and healthy if you do do this particular diet too, and then you know testimonials, right? I have done her diet, uh, and look at me, I am fit and healthy, right? That should be enough for people to go like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe ninety nine bucks isn't so much for two months uh, worth of support uh, to go ahead and get healthy. Anything else? No. no. Final thoughts? <laughs> no, thanks. All right, let's wrap this some bitch up. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com. Telegram, uh, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. Uh, also still on the Float app, because uh, why the hell not? Uh, float.app slash anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.